Welcome to the Purple Rock Survivor Podcast. I am John, my co-host is Andy, and much like Shannon Ricard, we have always been committed to each other, right up until we have a better opportunity that comes along. Unfortunately, Andy, nothing has just yet. I'm still holding out hope. But this week, we are talking episode 10 of Survivor 41, and Andy, I'll start this week as, or this episode as we often have this season. How'd you like this episode? I thought it was a really, really strong episode that, frankly, uh, got to the heart of the very appeal of the show, the very core concept of Survivor, and that is, it is a game, and we're very excited about all the interesting parts of the game, but it's also about relationships, and those relationships are made real, both due to, you know, the constant time that they spend with one another, but, of course, the heightened circumstances of Survivor. They're not just, you know, lounging around a garishly decorated house or something like that. They depend on one another. For survival is probably a bit of an exaggeration, but for their day-to-day. And what we saw a lot in this episode was how those two things, you know, clash and, and the way that people struggle with them. And that's, I think, the drama that, more than anything, uh, I think that draws people to this show. So I thought, uh, from that perspective, it was really interesting. How about yourself? Yeah, and I think there's probably um, something to the fact that these people are all coming off a pandemic. You know, they're getting some time away from reality to do a reality show. And, you know, within that weird bubble, there is, you know, you're leaving one weird situation and going into another. So there's a whole lot at play here that's probably coming out. But I'm with you in that I think it was an excellent episode. Uh, I just feel like after the episode, you know, a couple weeks ago, um, when we had, or last week, I don't know, when we had the two people voted out, like, I, I think it took me a while to appreciate the fact that we'd lost those two players. This one took zero time. Like, I knew before the final vote because, you know, why are you splitting votes and not taking Shan out? And so it's just the realization that we've lost three really good, entertaining players within two weeks just hit really hard right at the end of the episode. And just the realization that we might have the rest of this cast to do the heavy lifting of the show. And I, I don't feel like most of them are up for that. So it was an excellent episode that also made me feel sad for the future. Yeah. And it's kind of, the, that's also the nature of the show. I mean, the less interesting part is that um, the great characters don't go to the end, like all of them, just the nature of it. If you are great, um, generally other people will notice it within the competition and not let you get very uh, as far as you'd like to go. Uh, the show has done things to try and artificially um, inflate that by keeping a few of these people around longer than they might have naturally gone. I will say, like, I, yeah, I think some of the top ones, and frankly, we'll get into it, maybe the top uh, character of the season left tonight. Um, but I think there's enough that if they are able to succeed, um, I don't need the whole cast to do the heavy lifting of the next, what, three or however many episodes are left. I'm okay if it becomes like a kind of a one, two person highlight sort, sort of scenario from here on out. But yeah, as an individual episode of, uh, Survivor, I thought it was really strong. And what made it strong, uh, as I was alluding to was kind of the emotional heft of the situation, which, um, is tough for us because that's very, there, very, there are many people that are more poorly equipped to discuss emotional heft than you and I. Yeah, not our thing. Really not our lane at all. Uh, yeah. And a big part of that is, uh, of course, 
being men of a certain age and the damage that the patriarchy causes everybody. Check. There's that. But there's also, like, when talking about this show specifically, um, like, what, what are we supposed to say? And we're, we will. We will be saying things about how, what, how we found it interesting. But unlike, like, a move or something, it's not like we can criticize somebody's feelings. It's like, they didn't really feel that. That wasn't the right I mean, maybe you them. can't criticize someone's feelings. <laughs> Leave me out of this. It's harder to armchair quarterback people's feelings. Um, but I, I did like how well the show put us into their mindset and how uh, well the, the people on the show were able to discuss and engage with kind of the, the, the nuances of what they were going through and, and some of the unique things they were going through that was unique to this cast and this time in place in which you know, they found themselves. Um, and yeah, I, I thought that was really strong. I thought actually one emotion that came through pretty strongly was... <laughs> The show's love of Shan. I think we actually got a, a pretty clear signal from the team that makes this show, production, editing, probes, all that, that Shan was beloved. You know, like you don't often get like the send off that she got. I mean, we've been talking for weeks about how her game had just really been declining. Um, at least from our standpoint, but then, you know, this episode happens and what a send off. I mean, it was really just, they highlighted her as much as they could. They played her theme music over the, it was you know a lot more emotional of a um, person getting voted out than we often get, especially for a first time player. So, I mean, yes, there were other instances that we, I'm sure we'll get to later, but I was very impressed with the way the show was willing to show its own cards and be like, yeah, we love Chan too. And we'll definitely talk about how much we did, despite the criticisms that we had you know, recently over gameplay. I still have some of hers uh, this episode. But yeah, it was emotional by the show, the big, the swelling music, the Rupert treatment, really. Uh, think about it. Uh, I, I believe uh, she was doing a bit of a, a Sandra riff when she's like, don't do it, don't do it, Jeff. But Jeff was, you know, he was careful in that moment. I, I'm sure he was uh, not happy to see her go as well, because... Uh, She's probably, she's been very useful in tribal council as well. Um, but yeah, and speaking of the emotional scenes, like she's at the heart of all of them. I mean, she was at the heart of most of the scenes this episode. We start with uh, her and Deshaun and their discussion about how difficult it is for them to try and have this, you know, alliance based on, you know, their, their shared you know, background and that sort of thing uh, for the culture, as they suggest, uh, which honestly is a term that I've been thinking about using to describe the potential flaws of that alliance. But I'm like, do I get to say that? Or is that just like, you know, appropriation? Again, it's not racist of me to say it, but it's like nobody wants to hear me. See, now you're just quoting it, though, so it's fine. Yeah, no, I'm glad the show, like they, you know, said it themselves. It's so much better coming from them than it is for me because it really underlines uh, what they were going through. Because they have that, and their their feeling towards it is real, and they get into some of the reasons for it, but they also want to win. Yeah, and it, was, and it was not just interesting how they each broached that with us, the viewers, but how they were able to talk around it with themselves. That it was quite fascinating. I actually I felt like that conversation between Shan and Deshaun just felt sort of like Shan's entire arc slash game in miniature, right? Because it was the you know. Almost immediate pivot from her being like, oh, "We've got to all play our game, do for ourselves." You know, this is 
you know, you got to do for you, whatever. And I was like, Shan, what, what the hell are you doing? Like, again, with the, like, this is not what you say. Why are you fucking up at this game? Within, it couldn't have been, what, 15 seconds later, suddenly do it for the culture. And we're all on board and Shan and Deshaun are in tears and they're loving each other. And, you know, we got to do this. And I understand your situation. You understand mine. And I was like, look at, look at that fucking pivot. Like, tell me that she is not a social genius. Like, this is the stuff that we were watching in, you know, weeks three, four, five, whatever it was early on and being like, damn, she's a master. And it was nice to see that fastball come back. Just, you know, like, oh, I've been missing this. I mean, if she did throw that fastball, it was hit over the fence, right? She did leave as a result of the person she was talking to. Sure, but hey, let's not point to the scoreboard here. We're just going to look at the beauty of the art that's taking place. Well, and I think the other thing and all the emotional conversations is like, really, she was an emotional player, which I think made her such a dynamic figure. And when people were trusting her, those emotions really worked, you know, playing to those feelings and, you know, allowing more trust. And then when things weren't going well for her, I think it didn't go as well. And people started to feel like she was, you know, maybe more manipulative or, you know, rolling them over and that sort of thing. And I Um, like that, you know, in confessionals, we would get to see where, whether she was being manipulative or not. And so it was, mm -hmm. that's why she was such an interesting player because we got to know her motivation. She was very good at telling us what's going on inside her head as she does these things, which is, is good as a viewer because oftentimes, and even in this season, there are players who are not good at communicating what it is that they're doing on the show. And often they don't get shown, but even when they do, it's like, ah, I, I don't know that I understand your motivations. And I feel like with Shan, that was never really a concern with me. Yes. So let's talk a bit about you know, their core struggle in that discussion and both with them internally and with each other. And that's the idea of you know this alliance and alliances like it. Where you're doing it for a higher purpose versus, you know, your own desires to win. The the desires that sent you out there in the first place. And I've kind of touched upon this the past couple of weeks. um, And I was really excited when the show underlined it. Because I don't know if those two can be compatible. And if they can be, they can be maybe compatible for like one or two people in the Alliance. But not everybody in the Alliance. That's kind of the downfall of forming such an alliance. And, uh, you know, to be clear, I've never been opposed to it. Um, it doesn't offend me or anything like that. People form alliances for a lot of reasons and shared, you know, uh, understanding and culture is a fine one. But Survivor is not a team sport. It's the problem. Right. The problem is, you know, you're trying to fit four people into a final three and something has to give there. <laughs> I think yeah. the other problem that I had is, you know, as much as I want to cheer on this alliance, because not only, you know, are there some minor cultural implications for it, mostly I just like the people in this alliance. Um, the issue though is that, you know, a win on a reality show doesn't save the culture. Do you, I don't, you, no. you might remember the old Chris Rock joke that, you know, we're not all getting a cut of that shack paycheck. It's the same sort of concept here. Like it's nice. It's wonderful. But ultimately, like, it's not going to have huge significance. It's not a first. It's definitely happened before. I think the the greater thing for the culture is just the actual casting of this season, the advances that have been made outside the show, and that will affect the show in future seasons. I mean, 
that's the stuff that's really for the culture. Shan, Deshaun, go get yours. <laughs> the, yeah. this, this, the work for the culture is being done away from the cameras. And frankly, even if you just define it within the narrow margins of like survivor fandom, you could argue that it could do long term damage and that like nobody's going to let something like this happen again, much like, you know, the Black Widows or something like that. But more is that unlike societal change, survivor actually is a zero sum game. You know, it's not this isn't a rising tide uh, raises all boats scenario. You know, the way that people are often uh, hoarding over their own privilege and all of that, because they feel like if I let other people in, I will lose something that's wrong in real life. In Survivor, it's true, you know, so because only one person wins. And, you know, obviously, like the new uh, format of Survivor would allow them to go to a final four and then a final three without ever turning on each other because you, the fire making means, that, you know, you didn't turn on each other. There's just somebody made fire faster than the other. It's more that, yeah, eventually any kind of grouping is going to be better for some people in it than it is for other people. And... If you recognize that this is not going to be the the alliance that's going to take you where you want to go, which is the end, the win, and this is what Deshaun is battling, then you might need to do something about it. And the problem will become, and this will be interesting to see, is if you formed your alliance based on a higher principle than a collection of people who will help me win, uh, but turning on it could have you know greater consequences. I'm not too worried about that because... There's only but so many jury votes that would entail. But it has happened in the past when, you know, um, the great coach formed his Christian you know, soldiers <laughs> alliance uh, and then suddenly started voting people out left and right. They felt pretty burnt by that. So, you know, that is kind of one danger. But, yeah, it's a thought that I've had before where some people are like, you know, and, and you see it within the fandom who try to apply a lot of like their own personal values to Survivor. And that isn't to say there aren't lines. Absolutely, there are lines that shouldn't be crossed, and we've seen them crossed in the show, and we've spoken out against it. And frankly, a lot of the times, because of, you know, the various echo chambers we create or whatever, like, my politics are the same as those people, but it's like, is isn't the real world. Like, this is a game in which every few days, you need to send somebody home via getting together with other people and deciding who doesn't get to do it anymore. Like, it is... Survivor by its nature is kind of mean. Right. Um, it, now, what's nice about modern survivors, they've found a way to play it without being as mean as, frankly, it used to be as more. Well, in, like, I, I old think it, days. It's, it's more the acceptance of all the players involved that, like, okay, there's, there's some level of mean here, but it's not to be taken personally. I think that's yeah. been the adopted attitude of players in this game. Yeah, and I love that about it. In fact, like, it was something that I was more uncomfortable with in the early days, that, it, like, things were more personal. But, yeah, like, if you just take it the heart of it, imagine, like, you were getting together with friends, like, every week to play board games, but then, you know, at the end of the night, a bunch of you decide which friend is never going to get to play with you anymore. Like, that's mean! <laughs> just at the heart of it, right? So, like, at the heart of Survivor, there's a part of it that is, you know, kind of mean, and uh, that you can't escape. You have to cast that vote. And... What I've liked is the more modern sense of like, well, you do it because you're trying to advance your game, because you're trying to win a game. But if you're forming an alliance based on a higher purpose than what is good for the game, then you run into some of these problems. And frankly, you know, it could be a little mean. Frankly, like in the past, I've always found it kind of mean or it's like I'm voting out the people who I don't think are as good people. 
as the people that I'm aligned with. And it's like, well, that's mean. Like, who are you to say that this isn't a good person? <laughs> and you see a lot of some of the nastiness that would sometimes get, um, you know, wouldn't would come around that is that people would have to like invent reasons why that person they're voting out is not a good person. When the truth is, it's like, they're just not helping you win. And so, yeah, no, I just, all of that is kind of just in my head about both, you know, the potential dangers of forming an alliance and what, what they were dealing with. Because Deshaun wants to win the game, but he also like did want, like the thing that was offered within this alliance was very appealing to him on a different level. Right. And I think I had said at the time it was formed, I was like, I can't imagine this is going to be a long-term strategy for them. I think there is absolutely nothing wrong with forming this alliance and working towards shared goals as long as it is acceptable to the entirety of the group. It's just that it was pretty clear that at some point as things move within the game, there's going to be opportunities that will come along that make it appealing to no longer stay within this alliance. And so, again, as you said, you almost have to have your selfish motivations prioritized because like, yes, you want to overshare, you show the like significance of like marginalized people coming together for a common goal. You know, we're not going to be in it for ourselves individually. It's, it's for the team. It's for the group. But in reality, you can't, it's, it is such an individual game that you're just going to have to make the decision to play in a way that most benefits you rather than benefits the culture or the group that you're working with. You know, you're not going to necessarily sacrifice your own game. I mean, I think Ben did it last season, but even then I think there was more to it than that. That wasn't necessarily about, you know, I'm sacrificing my game for whatever. The writing was already on the wall and he's like, I'm going to lay down on the sword because I get it. You know, it, these sorts of things happen and ultimately the thing that's going to matter most in the end is whether Shan gets a million, whether Deshaun gets a million, whether even Danny gets a million. I'm not even going to entertain the idea that Leanna might, she won't. Um, but you know, ultimately I get wanting that as a goal because of the perceived advancement of the culture. It's just, it's not compatible with trying to win this game. It's just not compatible with the very idea of Survivor is the problem. Yeah, you know, only one person wins, and they win by eliminating human beings, right? So it's just like, you might have all wanted to do the same thing in the Squid Game, but people are going to die. And that's just the problem. Like, I, I remember a couple of seasons ago, there was a player who, like, what, spoke out against early targeting of women in the game. And he, he was like, I'm not going to do it. And I think he went home third or something. And yeah, to this day, he still talks about how that was his pro- uh, very proud moment that he stuck to his principles. And it's like, it might be poorly aligned to the show you're on. Like, congratulations, but you, you didn't succeed. I don't know that you're going to succeed with the idea that I'm not going to vote for half of the cast. And, you know, to give you an idea of like how much, you know, impact it made, I, I do a weekly podcast and I can't remember his name. Yeah, I don't know who you're talking about either. <laughs> I think it was Isle of the Idols. There, I'm not saying that you set aside every principle you have when you play Survivor. Uh, Island of the Idols would certainly prove that to be the case. Um, but making decisions to further oneself is not like, it should not be antithetical to your goals. And if it is, then, you know, 
there are other shows out there. Like, you don't have to be on the one that, again, forces you to, you know, uh, stay in it by removing other people. Sounds like maybe tough as nails you work as a team. I'm not going to bother watching to find out if that's true, but it sounds like they keep working together. Yeah, or, you know, if you're making your baking, you're not trying to eliminate somebody. You're just trying to do the best you can do. The In Survivor, that's not how it is. You have to participate in the elimination of people. And if you start to say, like, well, like, eliminating these people is wrong, but eliminating these people is right, then I don't, you actually might be making it a meaner spirited game than it needs to be. Um, but so that was kind of... The crux of the Deshaun Shan thing, and part of that is because uh, <laughs> at a certain point in the episode, they both decide that, yeah, I'm not doing this anymore. Another, the other conversation that was in this realm was Shan and Liana, and that took in a different direction. Ooh. Liana, after all that, and, you know, mulling it over and, you know, thinking about how it might be better for her game to do something to differentiate herself. She doesn't, you know, at least on camera, go to the point where it's like, you're not, you're differentiating yourself a bit from Shan, but not from Danny and Deshaun. I don't know if it's going to work out that way for you. But ultimately decides that, no, for her, the personal moment meant more. Even with eyes open about how this might uh, hurt her chances uh, in the game, she's decided that she found something more important. I thought that was pretty interesting as well. It was. I mean, it was obviously very emotional. Liana's like crying as it's happening. And and she had done, you know, if we're just coldly analyzing her game, she'd done the right thing. You know, Danny and Deshaun come to her with this plan and she agrees. I mean, she's clearly not gung ho about it, but she sees that her alliance is offering this plan and she's like, yeah, 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 of course. Goes along with it. And then later upon reflection is like, I, I cannot do this. Like I, I cannot go against who the person that I probably consider not only my, number one alliance partner, but like someone that I'm emotionally connected to. Um, I think we'd mentioned back when they had that, you know, little summit as they were going up the mountain, like clearly that was them bonding on a deeper level than most people usually do on this show. So it, it was nice to see from a game standpoint and from like an entertainment perspective that this connection that they had, turned into something significant for both of them, right? Like we got to see Liana just choked up as she's telling Shan, like, "Ah, you know, we had this conversation while you weren't here and like, I wanted to go along with it. I really did, but I I just can't because I actually, you know, I feel like we are connected. And it was, it was a nice scene between them both again from a game perspective, because this then alters some votes, but you know, as a human being, it was just interesting to see that she's valuing that connection that she has with Han- Shan more than she might necessarily value the idea that uh, maybe I get two or three votes further now, that, or I get like two or three like rungs higher in someone's mind because I was willing to turn on Shan. Yeah, and I mean, it should be noted, and we'll get into this. It wasn't completely turning on Shan. It was yeah, you know, exactly turning on, turning Shan's, on Shan's goals. Other alliance, yes, um, which you know. Liana herself has already done for Shan. Yeah, I, I just I thought from there it just really reveals the power and drama of Survivor and how it is different from other competitions, because people will make decisions that maybe aren't optimal from a game perspective, but they have to live with these decisions. They can't separate themselves from the emotion of the situ- situation, and 
I mean, they're all just frayed wires of emotion uh, during different points of this game, especially at this point, due to the deprivation and everything else. And the stress. The stress both related to deprivation, but the stress of the game and constantly living in a world in which people are looking to betray you constantly and you need to trust people, but you can't trust anybody, uh, which was another fascinating thing that Shog, uh really uh, revealed, and we'll get into that later. Um, yeah, and this is kind of getting back to the way I started. Um, from a game perspective, I can criticize that. But the way it's revealed, the way that Liana herself lays it out, it's like, well, who am I to criticize how she feels? You know? <laughs> if this is how she feels and this is what's important to her, then I just have to take it at face value and understand, like, okay, she, with eyes open, realizes that this might be costing her the win. And she wants to do it. And there's been plenty of uh, situations like that in the past. And and she doesn't uh, reveal this, but maybe there's a part of her realizes, like, winning for her at this stage, is a long shot anyway. And thus, you know, secondary goals are more important. And we've certainly seen that in the past as well. Absolutely. And yeah, so I just, you know, part of what made this episode great is it shows the various different perspectives and how Survivor is hard in ways that, like, we can't understand fully uh, on the couch. I can't, I don't know what it feels like, but I can understand how and why it would feel that way, thanks to things like this. And again, just speaking to the actual gameplay itself, like I, I've said earlier in the season that I was worried that Shan's willingness to get so emotionally connected to people might end up burning her. Because if you end up, you know, can you imagine a world in which Shan turns on Lyanna? Lyanna is going to feel really burned by that, much more so than any other alliance mate that she might have. Ricard, for example, whom we'll get to later. But in this particular case, like, I don't think it was at all a risk. I think Shan was always going to stay with Lyanna. So if she was never going to flip on her, it's fine that they have this sort of connection, right? Like it, it works both from a game sense in that Liana's more willing to tell her certain things. And then also like she gets to have a close bond with somebody, which is wonderful. And I'm sure it's very alienating on that Island. So it must be nice to have someone that you can turn to and be like, I absolutely trust you. So if you know, you're going to the end with her. And again, I'm, fairly confident that liana was in shan's final three plans then there's much less risk in having that sort of connection yeah but that also gets back to the earlier discussion of doing it for the culture versus doing it yourself one of the main reasons why we can trust that shan uh had true uh final two uh feelings towards liana is that liana is a great final two uh, option Correct. for Shan, right? Whereas the inverse is not true. Uh, Liana, if she is looking to win, should not be wanting to go. And that's kind of the same idea of you know, forming an alliance for reasons other than uh, these are the people who will help me win. Yeah, that alliance is going to be good for somebody. It, Liana is the one who was worst for, and she seems to be the one that was most committed to it. <laughs> but and this is what I was getting at, which is that for Shan... This is fine to be that level of connected yeah. because there's not going to be like it benefits her to keep Liana around. And if Liana feels this level of emotional connection, then maybe Liana is more willing to accept, okay, I will, you know, hopefully finish second place to Shan in a final tribal council, which seemingly she might have been. I mean, it's possible if Shan sweeps. Um, but yeah, I mean, 
that said, if people started talking about Liana being a threat the way that every once in a while they sprinkle in that about Erica, suddenly, you know, uh, Shan might be starting to hum a theme. So, um, <laughs> it's like, it's, I, I also believe that she is true to that, but it's also so low stakes because Liana was not a threat to her. Conversely, you have the other relationship that Shan had, um, and that we also get a good spotlight on, and that's with Ricard. First off, just from like a structural standpoint, that scene was really interesting in that it's four people sitting across, because I don't know, they were on a tiny bench, and they're like, we're not moving these cameras. <laughs> this is all set. Nothing handheld here. You guys have to sit here until it's time to go into this little shack. But it, I thought it was really interesting, like from a TV perspective, that we got clear audio and connection with just the Shan and Ricard conversation without like the conversation that's happening like <laughs> one inch away from them like invading at all you know like like this is maybe this like this technology and what they've been doing uh and these techniques is why you know the whispering at tribal council hasn't been so problematic like it's framed and all that and like they're back there like we can see them and seemingly they can't hear the conversation between Shan and uh, Ricard. Like it was. Yeah. And I liked the dynamic of Shan and Ricard admitting, like, we're willing to go against each other at some point. And, and actually Ricard's surprise at being like, wow, you know, I, I can't believe, you know, you're willing to tell me these things because when Shan's like, well, well, of course, why wouldn't I? And he's like, well, I mean, you know, and so just the way that they're, it's a sort of the flip side of uh, the relationship that Shan had with Liana, where they are very clearly close and connected, but the Shan and Ricard version is like, yeah, we're, we're close within the context of this game and within the context of this situation within the game. So I think the one issue I had with it is that, you know, by making that kind of pact where you say like, yeah, we're, we're with each other until we shouldn't be with each other. There's almost this assumption that you have to turn on each other when the assumption should be that if a better situation comes along, you can flip. And I don't feel like a better situation came along in this sense. Yeah. I mean, it's, it was, I agree that it was very fascinating and almost seems like this mature, you know, postmodern way of doing survivor, except that. I think it's just more of an extension of their personalities. Like for Ricard, that's real. I will flip on you. And in fact, I'm thinking about it right now. Uh, and maybe that was echoed in his, you know, decisions to uh, who he would pick even to, you know, kind of get Xander and Heather, you know, on his side for this move that he might make at some point. Um, whereas for Shan, I mean, we see what happens when she hears that there's a plot against Ricard. She isn't like, oh yeah, that makes sense. She's like, ah, Sean's <laughs> dead to me. Um, so I think she, you know, she was more emotional despite what she's saying about this. And maybe it's because, you know, it's the, the echo of the relationship they established earlier or the boundaries Ricard set himself, you know, not that their relationship uh, gives a hint of uh, romantic, especially given, you know, the, the people involved, uh, and their own preferences. Uh, but it's kind of like that person, you know, when you're, if you're in a relationship and you're like, dating somebody, but one person wants it to be more than that, but you know, the other person does. And it's like, oh no, yeah. It's cool that we're just chilling. Yeah, but it's not a problem for me at all that there's a complete <laughs> lack of commitment. You know, it's just like that might have been the dynamic. And, you know, it's just because, again, Shan seems to be more 
emotionally based. And I don't say that as the negative, like, ah, oh, women can't be, uh, be emotional type stuff. But it's more like Ricard, more than anybody on this cast, seems very cerebral. Yes. I think to a fault. Yeah, I think ultimately that's going to be Ricard's downfall this season, is his lack of ability to emotionally connect. Yeah, now, get the bright final two partners that doesn't, yeah, then he's golden, he's good to go. Because uh, I still think he has a chance to win, and I think his chances got better this week. In Path, more difficult, chances to win, better. But yeah, and you kind of like you get it. Like it's it's all well and good to have that, except that that means you have an alliance with somebody without the benefits of like the security of an alliance. Because this episode, when they're having this personal discussion, he doesn't just willingly join a, a vote to get rid of Shan to save himself. Yeah, he orchestrates it <laughs> based on information that she gives him, believing that she is you know working with an ally. So it's like. Maybe you're just too cute. Maybe just make an alliance with somebody and understand that, you know, 40 seasons into Survivor, that implication of, yeah, but if I have to, I'll turn on you and I expect the same from you. Maybe don't, maybe don't go out and say it because as you say, it almost like creates the thing that you're like, you know, saying like, we're going to turn on each other. And it's really just a matter of which one of them turns on each other. At which point, like, isn't that true of everybody? Like, well, that's the thing is it it just becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy, which is my concern with it. Like, I, I like the maturity of gameplay in being able to say like, Hey, let's keep working with each other. We have a good dynamic here. We're, we're clearly good partners. Until something comes along that's better for both of us. And then it's like, oh, okay. Well, the problem is now you're just going to be assuming that any other conversation that your alliance partner is having is the better situation. And then thus, you have not established the trust that you might need to form an effective alliance. And quick, getting back to my metaphor about like being the person in a relationship that like pretends to be cool with the, the non-committal or whatever. Uh, just so you people like, I'm not like putting male, female. I was that person. I was, I had to be like, Oh no, it's cool that you don't want to be, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, but I was terrible at not having the defined relationship. So I'm speaking from that perspective. I love that we're adding personal content to this. So, you know, we're, we're getting that, uh, th- that's what this episode did to me, man. Apparently. That's what I'm saying. It's given us this emotional context and these scenes that we wouldn't otherwise get. Another thing about their conversation that was interesting is so, so like Ricard saying it from like a you know I think people like you better like you know, the, the, you'd be you'd beat me yes and for her uh, she's talking about well yeah I don't want to go and you know I could have it could be a trouble going to the finals with a man because the jury will assign credit to them which is a common theory not without merit that's typically how many things in life go i'm not sure there's a lot of like research on that for survivor basis simply because more often than not a final situation is a person that the jury will vote for and people that they won't vote for so it's not usually that they're assigning credit to the man versus the woman is that the you know that that woman who made it to the finals was not somebody who was going to win Uh, see i would disagree i think it's what's the example i guess there is a. There are some, but recently, which woman made it to the final that you think would have had a shot against another woman? Against another woman? Yeah. Um. Yeah. I'm not. Or whose moves was accredited to the man? Well, so that's what I was going to say. Is I think what more often happens is there's just this predisposition to believe certain things, and you know how much does that move the needle as far as votes at tribal council? I don't know how well you can quantify that. Um. But I do think that there is clearly some of that that takes place. And can I point to the specific instance like, oh, yeah, it was that one. 
Well, that's what I want. I want the specific instance because I think there's the theoretical situation where that would have happened, but the woman is voted out before it happens. You know, like what modern survivor is, is a player that can contend and goats. So it's less about jury choices from a lot of the recent evidence anyway, and more that, you know, honestly, if I was to give an example, um, why did Adam get more credit than Hannah in Millennials versus Gen X? Right. I think that's a fair one. Neither were necessarily great players. Yeah. I mean, they were both significantly flawed players. So the fact that Adam then got a shutout victory was kind of surprising. Yeah, no, I think that is a perfect example. I think one one that people like to give up is like uh, Ben versus Chrissy. But I mean, like even leaving aside how we feel that the jury perceived Chrissy based on you know the way everybody was reacting to her and the show that we were watching, they did not play the same game. Like they were they were detrimentally opposed. It wasn't that Chrissy didn't get credit for Ben's moves. Her how could she? You know, I mean, yeah, she didn't Chrissy win him was those more of a protest vote to Ben than anything else. Yeah, uh, and it's just like it's more. I don't feel like male or female modern survivor has many jury, like, like Alliance partners who are equal, who go to against the jury. And then the jury decides which of you had more. It's usually, you know, the person that did stuff go goat or something like that. And, and so that's more, so what, but, but what would have been in this scenario, is- if it is Shannon Ricard, then that is, I think a very real fear because they would be Alliance partners. And now we would be, you know, uh, situated with the idea of would the jury give more credit to the man than the female, the woman? And I actually we had the we same mu- scenario in Winners versus War. I was just gonna fucking say that if you'd let me finish. No, why would I? That's my point, not yours. No, go. So yes, if we'd actually seen it play out, we could have had that exact scenario last season because Sarah versus Tony would have really given putting this theory to the test, right? Because yeah. they were clearly aligned. They worked together very well. I mean. How do you give more credit to one over the other? They were parts of a whole, you know, absent one of them at final tribal council, then yes, it becomes easy. Like if I strongly believe if Tony was not in that final tribal council and Sarah was, Sarah wins walking away in roughly the same numbers that Tony did. So, you know, if they're against each other, though, that's where the tough thing comes in because it's like, ah, how is that going to go? How is that going to break down? My point is they're never against each other. Like that just doesn't happen anymore. So if we're right. diagnosing reasons why women have not been winning Survivor, which is a real problem in the show, is less about juries because juries aren't given that choice. You know, like the, the strong potential uh, female winners in Survivor are taken out prior to the jury, like this very episode. You know, like we're talking about what happened with Ricard and Shan. Instead, no, Shan just is kicked out because she is clearly uh the the bigger threat amongst everybody it's the way people feel it's why they're looking to move against shan versus you know move against um deshaun obviously the idol plays a big part in that as well but it was also interesting is that you know so shan voices that concern but let's look at her strategy since the merge her first choice has always been a woman so i like in even in that conversation she's saying is like so what's your plan here like even in this conversation you're advocating to like target erica last week you wanted to be heather or are you planning on voting one of them out and then carrying the other one like you're running out of you know three female combinations at this point yep and even more difficult is that you know at a certain point one of them is out of your hands like that's what the fire making challenge does mm-hmm. it's like you might even have a group of three women that you want to go to the end with and 
then, uh-oh, one of them has to go to the fire challenge at the end. And if she loses, suddenly you didn't get to determine your own jury or your own final three. So, yeah, if she really believes that, like, you know, it is going to be detrimental to her to go in front of a jury with a man, then she should not be targeting any women. Like, as you're, to your point, that's it. You've run out of time. Uh, you need the four of them in the final four in order to guarantee yourself the situation. And she's been doing the very opposite, you know, when... The the first the, the merge first happens. She goes with everybody. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure, Erica. Um, no, no, no. Um, shade on that one. Makes sense. Uh, she's coming into the situation with only one alliance partner. That it's a seemingly unanimous vote. Great. Uh, you know, time is reversed, and now it has to be Evie, which is fine again. In that there were so few choices, and you know, two of the men that were options were people that she just formed an alliance with. The other one has an, has an idol. But, yeah, she was also very insistent that it should be Evie um, over another woman, Sydney. So, fair. Uh, the next time out, it has to be Evie. It has to be Evie. It has to be Evie. And, like, you know, Danny and Deshaun even bring up, well, how about Nasir? And she's like, no. <laughs> and uh, class, uh, she eventually uh, votes out Tiffany. But, didn't, you know, she didn't want to. She wanted to be someone else. And, and then... She didn't initially didn't want to vote out Nasir last week. She wanted to be Heather. She was very insistent. That, and prior to that, she thought it should be Erica. But of course, Erica wins uh, immunity. At the beginning of this episode, she sees Erica talking to Deshaun, and she's like, "I can't trust that Erica." So it's like, at this point, I think you've already like your gameplay. Like maybe her pre-game plan is, "I don't want to go to the end with a man because of this idea." That juries you know, will choose men over women, which again, I'm not saying it's a bad idea. I'm just saying that the way things play out, it tends to be that like that's not kind of it. The the, the it's already happened by the time there. Uh, but everything since then, our gameplay is like I I feel like uh, final three with Ricard isn't such a bad idea. Like you should maybe lock this down. Yeah, I mean honestly, I think if it's Liana, Shan, Ricard final three, I think Shan wins. I mean I I will not discount the idea that ricard's going to pick up some votes there but i think it's only going to be between those two yeah and you know again maybe in that scenario it does and that would be infuriating both for her and um the entire phantom yeah not to discount uh ricard's deserving uh well-played gameplay but you know as he himself is like i've come up with the plans but you execute well the execution's kind of the important thing here uh you know i ghostwrite a lot of stuff for people but you know yeah the people who say the speech get the credit and that's just the way it goes but yeah, it's like, I think she would have a good chance there. I think she would have a better chance than, you know, her Liana and Xander or her Liana and Deshaun. Yep. Her Liana and Danny. I think she'd have a chance, but then at that point, maybe Danny's like ability carries the day. So it's just like, unless you're looking to get you, Liana, Eric and Heather, and your very action suggests that you're not, then like, what are we doing here? You, 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 you did too much because again, he, he, uh, target you to vote out once he won immunity. Right. Once you thought you were saving him, and he said, nah. But this is the fun of rooting for Shan, right? You, you get mm-hmm. the chaos. Strategically, she's all over the place. Socially, she's generally on point. I mean, she's you know, made a few errors even there lately. But, like, strategically, she tends to be a mess. It, but it's such a fun ride. Like, I've thoroughly enjoyed the Shan experience. Oh, I had that at the last, but let's talk about it now. Um, my favorite player of the season, I'd say. I mean, obviously still some time left before we get to the final. But, yeah, it, it's hard to imagine that there's going to be someone 
that I'm going to more fondly remember from this season than Shan. I mean, if Deshaun goes on and wins or Ricard goes on and wins, I, I will enjoy that in that I like both of them. However, I'm not going to be like, that was the season of Ricard or Deshaun even. Maybe Deshaun. It's iffy. But really, when I think back to the season, I'm going to be like, oh, that was the season Shan was on. That's going to be top of mind for me. I mean, I, I will, I think, very easily feel this is a bit of a strong ensemble. And I, well, I say Shan's probably my favorite player. I, I might say that I've enjoyed uh, Deshaun's presence more just because he's more amiable. But she has been you know, more compelling throughout. And even the things that have been frustrating about her gameplay has been compelling, yes. right? So I think she's added a lot narratively. It's actually kind of fun that just last week I predicted that, you know, uh, she, she was in my number one spot for winning. That, that was a great move. <laughs> it was. I, I feel- you have a long track record of uh, correctly predicting the winners. And yeah, I mean, honestly, I was waiting for anybody to call out. And I'm like, don't if, if you don't want this to happen, you should feel great because <laughs> – uh, I don't particularly uh, predict winners very often, of late especially, and in part because I, I get into mental exercises about this sort of thing. And that's what a lot of that was. You know, after like weeks and weeks of piling on about how I didn't think – you know, uh, mistakes that she was making. And hell, the week right before, I was like, I think she's going to go pretty soon. And then I just turned it around like, I think she's going to win because I wanted to, uh, um, I guess, hedge. And that was a brilliant hedge by me. Yes. Perfect. Nailed it. <laughs> I, again, I, it sounds like I'm defending it, but more I'm actually just digging more because it's like, so you had the right prediction and then you backed out of it. Congratulations. So that's great. Just about her in this episode. Uh, I liked that when uh, you know she's taken out and then she has her final words, not to us, but to them. And she's like, Ricard, you have my, you have my vote. Uh, Deshaun, you suck. And I wish I hope you're dead. No, I mean, you're a snake. Hey, that was fascinating. How does Liana feel in this moment? Well, so there's, <laughs> they're so there's sisters. This is for the culture. And, uh, she's not going to vote for you. There's whole layers to this, right? Because as you mentioned, the Liana thing. Then secondly, like, wait a minute. Are you? trying to put the target onto Ricard and thus protecting Deshaun? Like, what, what is the motivation of this? Are you are you legitimately mad at Deshaun? Like, and you're trying, or you're trying to shield him so that people will be like, oh, Ricard must be the one that mastermind. We got to take out Ricard next. And then thus you're keeping, like, I don't know what was going through her head. And I'm fascinated. Like, this is one of those rare instances where I want to read the exit interview and be like, where are you going for here? What was the plan? Yeah, and we don't get them because of the holiday. I think hopefully there'll be some next week. Yeah, no, I, I'm going to take it at face value because it fits with most of the, what we've been seeing from her, the character that the editor has created, that she responds emotionally in these scenarios. And if so, it's like, yeah, I don't think that's going to hurt. I, I think it's going to hurt the person that you said you're rooting for. And it might give Deshaun a little bit of cover to her because he is in a more precarious situation now that you're gone. Um, yeah, it could very easily that it's like, hey, cool, we just took out one of the top threats, so let's go after the next one. Um, uh, but now it might be like, well, who's that next one? Is it this person who has been winning challenges and who made this big move and has one guaranteed jury vote? Uh, the other interesting thing is I don't know if Shan can like sway the current jury one way or another right. if she, um, does it. I mean, again, if she becomes, you know, you know, well-fed Shan becomes more of the Shan we saw back on her original tribe, then maybe if she's more of this Shan, I think 
less so. So ultimately, do you do you feel like this was the right time for Deshaun and Danny to, to turn on her? Um, it's not an ideal time, but it's better to do it at a less ideal time than to not get to do exactly. it exactly. And the idol makes it that you can't wait for. Her. I mean, you can never fully await because um challenges exist. They have always existed. For all the times that people want to complain about the various ways that Survivor have introduced to um, you know, betray the will of the voters, so to speak, uh it's it's embedded into the very concept of the show. The the immunity challenge has always been there. And you know, I, I there are people who will discredit certain people who won because they played idols, and there's people that will discredit them because they won challenges. It's like, hold up. When has winning challenges and saving yourself not been part of Survivor? It 100% is. I'm sorry that you were always picked last for your gym team, but you can't get away from that's part of the show. That you can subvert the will of the majority, which actually the will of the majority, not part of the original design of the show whatsoever. <laughs> um, but, you know, very quickly adapted and definitely part of the show now um, by winning challenges. That's why they exist, right? But yeah, that, that her idol means that you have to move not only earlier than you'd want her to go, but like probably a couple moves earlier than you want her to go because it, you need to give yourself cover for if she does play it, yeah, if, that you are now if you take not the shot and back miss. to the right person. Yeah, exactly. Cause you can, you've only got three, I think, more tribals where mm-hmm. she can play the idol. So between that, uh, she can play till five. Okay, so I think so, four. So she's got yeah eight. Seven, yeah, yeah. So after tonight, I'm saying. So she would have had seven, six, yeah. five. So yeah, she's got three more. And between that and the shot in the dark and potential immunity wins, which I wouldn't rule out. She's not like horrifically bad at challenges or anything, but she's not winning either. It there's just too many chances where it's like ah uh, well you know when we decide to make that move are we sure that she's not going to be safe like is are we going to be able to do it at that time i agree with you in that it felt a little early but you always want to err on the side of being just a little too early and i actually enjoyed you know the danny and deshaun back and forth on what they should be doing and like i uh, almost as much as the um ricard and shan combination i like danny and deshaun just playing off each other like danny seems to be playing to his strength and letting deshaun sort of handle the strategy but also bounces ideas off him like I'm, that's not a knock on danny that he's not calling the shots yeah he's not letting De- uh, deshaun do whatever right he wants. exactly if there's, that was there's the case liana would have gone last week yeah you know? he's you know saying like hey here's here's my thoughts and you know then actually taking feedback from deshaun like ah oh, no maybe we should do this and for the most part, he seems to have been deferring to Deshaun on just about everything, which is fine. That's not a knock on Danny. Like maybe Deshaun's plan are just better and more convincing to the both of them. Who knows? But I, I enjoyed their dynamic that they have and, and how it sort of mirrors Shannon Ricard on the other side. Except in this case, I feel like they are much more loyally locked into each other than Shannon Ricard ever were. So it's, Mm-hmm. It's much more of a traditional pairing than Shannon. Yeah, Ricardo. I don't think Danny and Deshaun have this uh, word together nope. until we turn on each other type. Not thing. at all. Yeah. Again, I, I think it's okay to leave that part unspoken. Yep. <laughs> and modern Survivor, and then you just have to manage the relationships. You know, that's how most people have done. Sure, it's burned a few people in the past, but <laughs> it spectacularly burned you this time. Um, yeah. Uh, the other thing for Danny and Deshaun deciding to do it now is they didn't have to put it together. It was already a plan in motion. Yeah. They just had to agree. Yeah, just ride the um, train. 
Right. So if they had just instead decided, no, this is an ideal time, you know, the protection of us four be great to keep that, especially next week, it'll be seven. Although with an extra vote, it's still, you know, ties type scenario. Um, now you might not so easily have the opportunity to take her out, right? Uh, because there's one fewer people, a person uh, able to do it. You know, the plan being to get rid of Erica. And there was enough people on board that they could even do a vote split. Now, the vote split really doesn't, you know, neither here nor there for them. Because if it doesn't work out, they're okay, Erica goes home. Um, but I did like how Dan, uh, you know, Danny uh, sees them, you know, change to a vote split and now hey man this is getting a little trickier they, they run a game on us um and then deshaun quickly is like no 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 she's just covering her own ass and that like shows their dynamic danny is a bit more of a traditional type player it's yeah got our alliances so it's you know be careful before we want to flip but i think which i think is a good attitude i think uh modern survivors are probably a little too quick to uh, flip on uh, situations that are good for them um and then name of resume building or whatever and that just destabilizes everything. He's also, yeah. You know, so, so when somebody's doing something just a little bit more, yeah, it pulls him back a bit. But it doesn't mean he's unwilling to go, you know, forward with exactly. it. Exactly. Um, and you, you did touch on something briefly there that I, I want to celebrate. Shan mentioned Xander's extra vote. Like, it is not our shared fever dream. It is a real thing that people recognize exists. Hooray. Yeah, which tells me that it was talked about last week and it just got cut out of the edit completely. I don't understand um, how that's possible. Yeah, I know. It, uh, as far as I'm English, like, I'm not, again, yeah, it, it didn't get used. So, but they did his idol and they talked about his idol. Like, yeah. just sentences in which they were talking about his idol it's, would seem natural that they would say he has an idol and an advantage, you know? Uh, and people are like, well, what are they going to do? If they bring it up, they'll just say, well, you're screwed. Yes, that. That's what I wanted right. to see. I wanted people to recognize. How precarious the situation was. And for me, I think that would only heighten the drama of what happened. One good theory is that maybe the person who seemingly did not take advantage of this uh, thing ends up winning and they didn't want that person to look bad. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know why I'm speaking in pronouns as though it's a spoiler. Uh, I don't know the results of this season. I don't have the spreadsheets. Uh, one other thought I had, just kind of touched on it, but we're asking the question of whether it was good for Danny and Deshaun to turn. On uh, Shan is not only is she threatening to them both, you know, in the reveal that she goes to Ricard with this information, but that she seemed like not so unwilling to do something about Ricard. Now there's there's a caveat in that they're looking to blindside her with this and not bring her in, but you can call the question why they're unwilling to bring her into that idea, and that they sacrifice Sydney. Liana sacrificed everybody that she knew in Gaza, but the idea that, you know, Shan will play ball with this alliance that's so important to all of them. Uh, no, that, that, that ain't happening. So, um, and Shan and has exactly that. one thing that she even can give up one person. Yeah. And you see that again with Danny, uh, kind of his more old school mentality is the way he's able to amp himself up, um, to do this turn to vote against, uh, you know, Shan. Which I think is also why he gets a little uncomfortable with the idea that, you know, Liana is also going to be in danger is that she betrayed them. You know, and it's like she betrayed us. So now she's gone. And it kind of gets back forward to that more of that old school mentality of if you form an alliance based on something higher than this will help me in the game, then to turn on it, you might need to, you know, make somebody a villain a bit. So you now that was kind of something that I noticed with Danny versus Sean. It's just like, hey, man, it's all in the game. You're going to do this. I'm going to do this. Hell, I kind of wanted to do it anyway. Let's go. Um, <laughs> but, what do you think that, about Shan not playing the idol, though? I, I mean, 
it's a tough call because, you know, Lana had come and told her that they were planning to take out Ricard to basically neuter Shan. And so I can see the thought going through Shan's mind that like, oh, I can just let this go. They just want me to be committed to them. But I mean, there were some red flags there, like you just hit on. It, it, the fact that they didn't want to fold you into this plan, that's a little concerning, right? Like that, that is a warning sign that you should maybe pay more attention to. But I think she also felt that, you know, Leanna was so clearly aligned with her and was there that and would tell her if anything was coming her way. If she heard anything, which she obviously did not, I, I can see that making sense to Shan being like, well, I've got Leanna and she's going to have me covered if, if they say something about me. So I get feeling safe enough to not play the idol, especially when you've got, you know, there was four opportunities left at that point. Like, eh, maybe you roll the dice one more time. I mean, Xander keeps fucking rolling the dice and he's been fine. So. That right there speaks to the precariousness of this and like how it's easy to criticize her for screwing this up. And I think you laid out a very good case of why there's reasons why somebody should have picked up on this. It's not so hidden, right? But you can, you know, bury her and then praise Xander for not. There are reasons why Xander should have played his idol for sure. Yep. And yes, he is hearing all these plans uh, that seem um, really interesting that would not require him to. But, you know, they could be lying to you. They're lying to Shan, right? And, they are. You know, so, and that's very much it. Like, it's so easy to look dumb or look like a hero for making the same decision with based on the same information. Yep. And after that, we just have results. So, yes, I think um, there are reasons why she should have. And I think part of it that why she does. And obviously, part, the biggest part is she has trust that, you know, our people in her alliance as you say liana i think also ricard ricard's not telling her anything um this is the decision making that we have for an all survivor do you believe the people around her but also that she thinks there is a stronger plan and a bigger threat than she and that is xander's idol and that's kind of the interesting thing about multiple thing uh advantages and idols being out there is that it somehow it's a kind of weakens everybody's right because you become worried more worried about somebody else's than recognizing the worry that you're putting in other people with yours right and you know in a season that's dominated by all these advantages and all of this the most we've had through 10 episodes is somebody effectively playing an extra vote to you know provide insurance against a really small chance scenario uh which is to say that they might not pull, pull off there is still time there is you know one idol and potentially more if they're rehidden and, and and found um, one advantage, something weird coming next week, and the shot in the dark. So, like, obviously, it still could heavily influence it. But, and I do believe that there's probably more of these things than necessary, but maybe one of the reasons why you need more is because people be messing them up all the time, right? Uh, we've seen, like, two people back-to-back go home with idols in their pockets. Well, I think another thing that we aren't giving enough credit to is the fact that it seems like these targets seem to move so quickly from week to week, you know, right? Like, yeah, in a moment in there, she might've been like, Oh man, I'm, I, I'm nervous. I got to play my idol this week. Maybe similar to, to Xander. Like he might've thought the same thing. He said it in this episode, like, yeah, I'm definitely playing my idol. And yet by, you know, the next day or whenever it is, they're going to vote. He's super confident and not playing his idol. Like just because he's, folded in on these plans, which again, could have been a lie, but those plans move from all these different targets. And so then when 
you feel like there's all these names being thrown out and none of them are yours, but there's very active plans that seem to involve a lot of people. I get feeling like, okay, well, I'm safe only because if it's not this person, then it's this person. And I, you know, I've got all these people working with me. It's not me this time. Yeah. So the big thing, the first part of the episode that really I thought conveyed well was the emotional struggles of this situation of this show. The back half really, for me, helped illustrate how fucking hard Survivor is, man. Like, I don't know how anybody does anything anymore. And maybe it's become too hard and too random to, like, you know, have, like, a strong story and, like, strong winner and all that. And just, you know, random and people, you know, will blame advantage and all that. And there's certainly, you know, again, scenarios for that. Although, you know, everybody's talking about how this one's great because no idols, no advantages. As though idols and advantages didn't help create the scenario, even though they weren't played, right? Like, they blindsided a person. And because they had an idol and they split a vote in order to do right. so. And also they didn't take uh, the out great emotion. the situation. Yeah. And the great emotional connection that drove a part of it was the relationship of Shan and Liana, which was formed entirely because the show created a scenario in which to, you know, put, make the, give them a loan in order to distribute an advantage. So that they are all interlinked. Um, it, it's not as simple as see how good show uh, survivor can be when there's no such thing as advantages and idols, just cause they're not played doesn't mean they're not there. But anyway, um, yeah. Cause like you see it, it's like, okay, Erica. And I'm like, whatever, that's just the first idea that, that doesn't stick around. And then it's like, we got to take out Ricard, you know, she's makes Shan too dangerous. Yeah. makes sense to me. Yep. Okay. Uh, and then it's like, oh, in order to do that, they, they feel that they need to tell somebody. So they have to tell Liana. Okay. Um, Maybe you did, maybe you didn't, but you still want to work with Liana, so it makes sense. Now, because you tell Liana, and then she has this crisis of you know, faith or whatever, she tells Shan. And then Shan knows, and she thinks she's going to go, but no, she tells Ricard. Okay, so this seems all, oh, I can follow it. Hey, man, this is why you got to tr- trust people if you don't trust people. But then Shan tells the person, Ricard, is she going to you know, protect with this information? And he uses that to flip on her. And then because of, you know, now this is happening, and now it looks like uh, instead it's going to be Erica because you know, she's dangerous and maybe they're not going to make that flip. And it's just, and because Erica deigns to suggest, hey, instead of me being the decoy vote and thus well being in genuine danger of going home if shan plays an idol which is a genuine possibility at this point hey hey could it be liana and at that point now danny's like i don't know if i can trust her she's so dangerous you know it's such a gamer it's like everything somebody did seemed to like you know both create an opportunity and a threat which kind of gets back like is this too soon for danny and deshaun they have made their short term, like the next episode, the next two, probably more difficult on them than they would if they had an alliance of four with Ricard as a possible kind of fifth, uh, the next little bit. But it's like, it's all dangerous, man. Yep. I, like, I watched that and like, I don't know how you do it. Like, is it just like all these things will flip around and it's just when the music stops, hopefully you're close enough to a seat. And is that how Xander wins? Because he's not in any of the plans and every, you know, the, the targets just keep moving and he's just too obvious and uncreative a choice or because they know they got a, you know, two votes to take him out. I don't know. It just, it seemed really hard, man. Uh, and this is why, you know, when they talk about at the tribal councils, like who's on the bottom and things like that. I understand thinking like, I, I thought it was absurd when Heather is like, oh, I'm the bottom on, right now, but I'm, I'm comfortable with that. <laughs> it did make me laugh. I'm comfortable being the bottom. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah. And as much as I wanted to be like, oh, God, 
why. At the same time, no, I get it because things move so quickly that you being on the bottom for this vote does not mean that you are committed to staying on the bottom. You're not like on some trajectory where you stay on the bottom. Things will start to move around and suddenly your situation has flipped entirely because the person who is on the top is thus the most appealing target and everyone has to move against them. So I get it from that sense. Like there's just so much chaos happening from week to week. It makes it hard as a viewer to follow a nice, like logical through line. But at the same time, it's reflecting what's happening out there. I don't think that there is a coherent, like, okay, it's a, this person, this person, this person. It's not a pagonging situation. Like as people get voted out, different pieces fall into place and suddenly your motivations for who to vote out might change. Yeah, so Heather seems like the least involved player, right? Yep. And yeah, you know, edit-wise, she's been <laughs> the least involved. Um, she got scenes again tonight, but they weren't confessional, so they don't count. Yep, zero. Um, she is trying to do stuff. She is trying to change. Two weeks in a row we see her trying to do things. To the point where, yeah, they use an extra vote to mitigate any potential uh, blowback from Heather and Erica doing their own thing. Tonight, they're worried, are, are Heather and Erica playing us? Like... In even in this, like the the, the seemingly low, lowliest person is out there at least trying to you know change and flip the situation for themselves. And I don't feel like it used to be that way. Obviously, edit we never know how it truly is, but it feels like a more natural way of survivor in the past was let's just keep this thing going. And you know, there'd be one person be like, yeah, let's keep it going. I'm going to ride this all the way to the victory. And other people being like, ah, no, I'm sure it'll be fine. And that's not what's going on at all. So, you know, bravo to all of them for being this way, but man, it seems exhausting. It I don't know how you do it. Cause the very act of trying to do something to better your situation could be the thing that makes everybody so scared about you that they're going to abandon solid plans and alliances in order to get rid of you because you wrote, you know, that hair just grew a little too long this episode. Yep. You're the tallest blade of grass and now you're getting hit by the lawnmower. Hey, real quick, uh, since we spent a lot of time about it last week, uh, any issues with Xander not using his extra vote this week? No, I, for once they mentioned it and I'm like, okay, but what about last week? It, him not playing it here, I was like, yeah, no, no, this makes sense. Fine, hang on to it at yeah. this point because now, you know, last week you had a, a group of five. This week you have a larger group. Thus, your extra vote means less. Hang on to it now. Yeah, so the the situation, though, of course, is Ricard is like, hey, there's four of us. We need one more vote. And everybody's like, why not Xander's vote, extra vote? Why not Xander's extra vote? For me, I think Ricard was hoping that Xander would be like, hey, I got one of those. Um, but I, I don't know how much Ricard can also – and you're going to play your extra vote? It's like, hey, buddy, you don't speak for me. We, we've never actually voted together before. <laughs> um, there's a lot of trust building. You're already trying to get me to trust you to not play my idol. So I, I understand that he can't go out and say it and hope for it. And I also understand that scenario Xander being like, hey, man, it's cool if Shan goes home. But at this point, anybody but me. Yep. And thus, you know, I want to save my extra vote for a chance that might save me versus take somebody out. And you can say, well, what's different last week? Again, last week was five people and it would help eliminate, you know, break up an alliance that wasn't breaking up at that point to his knowledge. In this scenario, it very clearly is. Without, with or without him. And, you know, I think Evie would be a better potential, you know, partner for him than necessarily Erica would be, right? Yep. So, yeah, I'm okay with it. It's it, the different scenarios. And again, just verifying his existence helped a lot. Um, hey, apparently, uh, Edgix had Shan the winner. 
Well, are you suggesting that it's wrong? I mean, I'm assuming that she must come back in the next episode, that the, the fabled twist that's going to be coming, which I have gone out of my way to avoid under, or, uh, <laughs> revealing to myself, I'm assuming that's just Shan comes back. I know what it is, but I'm not going to say anything because I have not said anything to you yet. Um, yeah, it, what's great is apparently uh, before that, uh, they, they'd moved from Tiffany to Evie to Shan with the very strong caveat that there's no such thing as a single object. There are plenty of different people. Yeah. But it, uh, what was more interesting to us, and yeah, this conversation might not be interesting to a large portion of our audience, but hey, when has that ever stopped me about talking any, about anything? Um, is that some like high profile proponents of Edgic are starting to like sign off on the entire concept. And that is such a sweet victory. Oh, so good. And that is, is it possible that people are not using science in which to determine these things, but are finding arguments to fit their own pet theories and things that they would find, you know, good. I'm speaking this as somebody who, again, last week was like, you know, I think Shan has the best chance to win. Um, I, I'm wrong. Of course I was wrong. I'm just not pretending that I have anything uh, like higher purpose behind it other than my own damn opinion. Yeah. And that was kind of the thing all along. It is, it's nice to have fish back on our side, who's, who's one of the prominent ones. Um, also, Christian from David vs. Goliath spoke out this week. Yeah, like, I mean, he may never have been in favor yeah. of Edgic, but, you know. But it's it's nice to know that the logical ones are like, yeah, this is this is totally full of shit. This is just your um, shrouding your fandom or your spoilers in some cases in charts. And that doesn't <laughs> somehow make you more of a uh, educated viewer than the rest of us. Also, how the fuck are you keeping these charts and you're not seeing Xander as a possible winner? Like I said it like a couple weeks ago. I said last week I was fairly convinced it's him. Now I'm pretty con- completely convinced. Like, I will be surprised if it's not Xander at this point. So I don't know what show you're watching. To that point, I think one of the things that's driving that opinion is uh, cynicism, right? Like, you just like, of course, after all of this and all the changes, it's going to be Xander, right? Uh, which, yeah, you're applying, uh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm speaking out there, but you're applying that to your analysis. The beauty is that you're not pretending that it's anything more than your thoughts and opinions. That was always our problem. It's fine if you enjoy it, that, you know, you're going to try and dig into something just in the same way as like, it can be fun and even educationally fruitful to like deconstruct a text. But, to pretend that you were separating your, the self and thus like gaining a true, complete understanding of this rigid set of codes that the edit uses as though the editor edit is not going to find different storytelling techniques every time. Uh, like uh, bravo to our friend, uh, you know, somewhat contributor, Matt, who wrote like the key, you know, why Edgic is bullshit article in the, in the season that, you know, was the greatest victory for Edgic ever. Yes. Um, <laughs> Perfect timing as always on our site. But his points stand, and they stand so well now when we see them just flailing, you know, whichever person. And now it sounds like the, 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 the Erica case is getting built up strong. And it's just to uh, comment or other Scott's point is that, you know, these people are trying to jury rig a way in which a woman wins, a woman wins this season. And thus, all of their analysis is like, okay, well, I'm going to completely discount all these dudes. And I'm going to look for the things that support my case. Yeah. And it's like, well, I mean, that's what I do. I just don't pretend that I was high in 
mighty and knew something that y'all didn't. Yeah. I was just making guesses. It's not astronomy, it's astrology. <laughs> and a lot of people like astrology. They get fun out of it, but don't come to me with your bullshit. This is, you know, science stuff. Yeah. Just embrace your rooting interests. Say, you know what? I'm actually rooting really hard for Shan to win this game, and I'm going to ignore any warning signs that it looks like she might not. That's fine. Or, again, I think that they're going to win, and this is my evidence why. But, you know, well, because this is the way it has to be, and the show is, and I have all of these instances, and more, again, if that's how you want to catalog it, man, I'm not going to yuck your yum. Our big, you know, anti-edric thing came because there was a season in which people were extreme assholes about their possibly spoiled opinion, and it made it less fun to discuss the show. Yeah. They should be assholes more like us. We're the fun ones. Yeah, I think the way we're assholes is perfectly fun, exactly. and I'm sure everyone agrees. There can't be any counter-opinion about that. There can't be anybody be like, man, I really wish that guy would stop you know, yelling at me all the time. No, no, no. Complete fun all the time. Bunch of laughs. Yes. Fun and games is what they say about us. Um, and where do we have that fun, John? You can find us at purplerockpodcast.com, which is our website. You can also, of course, find us on Twitter. The show is Purple Rock Pod. I'm Purple Rock John, and Andy is, of course, Purple Rock Andy, because we're good at branding around here. Anything else you need to add, Andy? Hit the anthem.